Hi, this is Jerry DiPiano from Fem Pharma, and you are listening or possibly viewing the Love Mia Vita podcast. Today, my guest is Catherine Bright, also known as Cat Bright, and Catherine has a demonstrated history of working in the health and fitness industry. She has an incredible background. She has a master's of education focused in coaching principles and sports psychology from Boston University and a number of prestigious certifications. So Catherine, tell us about your background, how you arrived here. We're so happy to have you on the Love Me Vita podcast. And by the way, folks, we're going to talk about, if you can't guess, exercise, which we all know is the elixir of health. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh gosh, my background. Um, yeah, so I, like you mentioned, I have a master's in education with a concentration in coaching principles and sports psychology. Um, I started, I'm going to say my journey out in college athletics. So I was a college track and field coach before I embarked in my own journey of a business owner. Um, and Kind of my vision for that and why I stepped away from athletics was because I was, I was burnt out. <laughs> um, I loved coaching. I loved everything about it. And I decided to switch up my passion and really pursue in helping others find their um, peace with their body and unleash their either inner athleticism that they didn't realize they had um, or get back in touch in a time with their bodies that they felt most powerful with by way of strength training and movement. Um, my certifications and I started to focus primarily on women um, because the fitness industry really does a big disservice to women and really understanding um, our I'm going to say our superpowers, you know, from the, you know, understanding how to go through pregnancy to postpartum and feel strong and understanding the, it is an identity crisis that you go through. And then again, with perimenopause to menopause um, and really being able to understand a woman's body and helping them find peace or validation in that the, you know, bodies change and there still is a way that we can find that harmony, that strength, that power, that confidence, that feeling like I live at home in my body and not a stranger in it. So my uh, personal training certification is a NASM CPT, which is, um, Oh gosh, National, oh, I gotta look at the wall, National Academy of Sports Medicine, certified personal trainer. Um, I'm a prenatal and postpartum corrective exercise specialist, and then um, specialization in um, perimenopause to menopause for strength training. Um, so yeah, those are all of that. And then in addition, some USA track and field coaching certifications as well. So he has when I was when I was looking at her background, it was a half a page long, and I decided to have her share this with with you, our listeners and um, viewers, because it's it was just incredible. And National Academy of Sports Medicine is an accredited certification body, so this is not a fly by night organization, and the certification is a very important certification. So when you are working with someone who claims to be a personal trainer at least what we 
suggest is that you check their certification to make sure that it is with a, a proper accrediting body, that the certification comes from a, a proper accrediting body, because we can also hurt ourselves if we're working with someone who doesn't understand anatomy, physiology, kinesiology. So these are all the scientific disciplines of individuals who work in exercise science. You know, we sometimes think about those folks as, and I want to use this, this respectfully, these are not quote unquote gym rats. These are not people who hang around a gym who know nothing about how we work out, how our bodies work. These are really professionals. So when someone says I'm a personal trainer with certification, obviously ask for this, which certification, and then you can feel confident that that person actually does know what they're speaking of. So I know you've shared, at least on your own website, um, we'll, at the end of this, we're going to um, have Kat give you some information about how you can follow up with her and, and potentially work with her, irrespective of where you may live. So if you live in California, she's your person. If you live in Pennsylvania and you happen to live in uh, Malvern, Pennsylvania, or the suburbs um, of Chester County, uh, Delaware County, then she is um, she's within reach and you can potentially make an appointment with her um, to visit her at her studio. But we will give you that information at the conclusion of this. Uh, but, but Kat has her own story and I believe that it's on her website. She talks about what happened um, after she had one of her children. So perhaps you want to share your personal story and how this propelled you to, to think about this from a woman's perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with my second pregnancy, I was blindsided with a high-risk pregnancy and it was one where totally out of my control, unavoidable, and um, found myself on bed rest from the the entire pregnancy. So all 34 weeks of the duration of that pregnancy, I was on bed, bed rest to a little bit of modified bed rest because when I was at home, I did have uh, my older son who was two at the time. So I couldn't, I had to care for him as well. Um, and so going through that, I started to really look at the fitness industry as well as just the things that um, with my first pregnancy that I wish I had or known. And when I started doing a lot of research, there was really no one was talking about, or there weren't services or ways to help women, um, not only understand how to move their bodies when going through pregnancy to postpartum, um, and, you know, I call it the seasons of life because one bodies are always changing. So when we weather all the different seasons um, and especially for women, our seasons can be very demanding and, you know, and, and that's okay, but there was nothing out there providing a resource. And when I went for my own self to look for things for my own needs, um, it was just like, Oh, you'll figure it out. And so that propelled me as as a mom in the situation um, and with a little bit of time on my hands being in bed rest on bed rest was, you know, the system is failing women. We're expecting women to do these huge workout programs when there's really 
no time. There's no, we're painted a picture that there's, you, you know, very black and white in the fitness industry that if you're not working out X number of hours a day, seven days a week, or yada, yada, it's like, you're failing. If you can't show up and give this amount of time, and if, you know, it's very just all or nothing. And it paints this picture of just perfection seeking, um, you know, as I said, the all or nothing. And it's just such a disservice. We feel like we're never enough, um, that we're always shooting and cutting ourselves versus, you know, coming from a place of you are enough when you show up. And here's how we can get you to um, thriving from abundance versus thriving from just exhausted and scarcity and chasing this, um, you know, phantom ideal of fitness. Um, so when I went through that pregnancy, the other unique aspect that it had was one, I wasn't able to move my body for pretty much a whole year the way I wanted to. The other thing uh, with, you know, there was trauma with the pregnancy, just with the high riskness of it, that I wound up going through postpartum PTSD. And, you know, having those experiences and living in a body where, you know, being a lifelong athlete, I knew or I developed an understanding of what it was like to live in a body that was changing and I had no ability to control. And then afterwards feeling betrayed by my body that I didn't really, I wasn't familiar with it. I didn't trust my body to move it in ways that just was second nature, you know, go for a run pick up a weight. All of those things were, had been second nature. So I had to relearn. I had to establish being a complete beginner again and getting to know my body. And at the time, yes, massive amounts of frustration and just like, why did this happen? But I'm grateful for that experience because it has allowed me to really understand clients when they come in and they're like, I'm dealing with this. My body feels this way. I have an understanding and I can meet them where they're at and help elevate them versus being like, well, just do this. Um, Cause that's not a helpful recommendation. <laughs> um, and understanding the ability that fitness for it to be successful. And the way I, back when I coached college athletics, track and field, the way I got my, my athletes to succeed was meeting them where they were at every day, adjusting and changing their workouts where they were at to get the best from them. And that's the same principle that I take and I work with my clients and I help them understand that it's, but nobody shows up to every single workout feeling a hundred percent, but we need to decode and understand how we're feeling in that. And no one feels a hundred percent motivated, but how do we meet our bodies where we're at, adjust, adapt and change. Um, and that's so important. That That is so important, especially as we think about going through these transitions. So many of the, the individuals, the women that will be listening are women that can relate to your experience. Maybe they didn't have the traumatic pregnancy, but perhaps they went through breast cancer surgery and they, they had a double mastectomy and then they had um, lymphedema and that has certain challenges that come with it. 
or perhaps they had an orthopedic issue or they have a, a, an autoimmune disease like lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. And so we we all face different types of challenges, but exercise can be done. We have to set reasonable expectations for ourselves. And you said this, you know, and it's something that resonates with me and meeting our bodies where we are at that moment, that, that phase of our life. And so I like the idea of more of a customized way in which to give our bodies grace and take the next step even if these are small steps, we don't have to run marathons in a week, right? So yeah. each day is each day is another day that we can continue to set a personal goal. And those personal goals are going to be different for us, depending upon where we are in our phase of life, what health issues we may be experiencing and so forth. But we know that interventions with strength training and other types of exercise could be some a combination of cardiovascular cardio exercise cardiovascular support and it could be a combination of strength training it helps women especially as they begin to mature we know that you know the this wonderful you know change in our bodies that our hormones are starting to decline and that has an impact on bone mineral density it has an impact on metabolic, uh, our metabolic system. And so when we think about exercise, we think about what are the things that we can do to improve some of these parameters in, our, in the aging process. So I guess starting um, with the strength training, because I, I know that a lot of us, I'll use myself as an example, um, focus on a lot of cardio whether it's walking or cycling or running or swimming. So intense cardio. And I believe, at least in my own case, that is the way that I you know, felt I could keep my body in, in pretty reasonably good shape, allow me to eat more ice cream and some of the, and other treats. But I really didn't do a lot with the strength training. And so let, let's start with strength training and is, I mean, what if you've never done it before? What if you've never lifted a weight? Yeah. I mean, and that is, I'm going to say almost, I don't want to say normal, but that that's, you know, whether you lifted before or haven't lifted in a long time, I mean, there is that reintroduction and strength training is, uh, I don't want to say it's the gold standard because there's just, like everything works together. But one of the things I do see overlooked is the importance of strength training. And when I say like strength training is um, a progression in building overall strength in the body. So um, I'll speak with how I program my for my clients is when they lift, you know, most of my clients um, are on a three day a week um, strength training plan. Now that doesn't mean outside of that, they aren't doing more and I help build them up. So when a client comes in, it's not like, well, you must be setting aside about like 10 hours a week plus, you know, it's really okay. You know, understand your whole schedule, but I really recommend that. Okay. If we can get them up to three days of strength training a week, that would be fantastic. Two days is brilliant as well, but I really like the three day kind of format. Um, and for me, 
and for the way I see with clients, because you don't have hours in the gym. We're not bodybuilders um, where they will spend hours in the gym um, is looking at like six exercise, anywhere from four to six exercises that are maximizing the body's um, strength capacity, as well as working on increasing range of motion and movement. So breaking that down because it's very ambiguous is, you know, we're looking at squats and deadlifts and, um, you know, uh, bench press, um, you know, whatever makeup, and it doesn't have to be as formal as that because I work with everybody's body and where they're at. Um, but putting weights in their hands that are heavy, we want to, so the way a muscle is built is through time under tension. And if that resistance placed upon the body is comfortable for the body, the time under tension isn't maximized. Now, to go to the extreme, it doesn't mean pick up the heaviest weight possible and you're struggling and you're, you know, breaking out of sweat. And, you know, we've all kind of seen it either on TV or maybe in the gym that, you know, big bodybuilder grunting and like trying to lift weights. That's not what we're looking for. We're looking that you feel that resistance in the movement and, you know, it's okay if you leave what I call leaving a rep on the table, um, but the form stays. Um, so when I program for clients, oftentimes I will program in rep ranges and set ranges again to that piece of meet your body where it's at. Maybe you didn't get the best sleep that night. Well, your body isn't going to perform the best in a, in a, in a workout, no matter what it is, because you need the sleep to recharge, but that's okay. You can still do some movement, you know, safely meet your body where it's at. So it's, you know, and I celebrate reps left on the table and all of that. So, um, but getting that heavier weight in the hand helps. Um, and I correlate it. We all don't want to take more than one trip from the, the car with the groceries. So you can lift heavy things. We just need to bring that idea into the weight room or where, wherever you're at and feeling that heft in the hand. So that is, it can be daunting because, you know, we don't want to fail at a weight and choosing weight, kind of decoding that a little bit more is you'll know if by the end of it or a day after, if you're like, well, I felt like I did nothing. Now, I don't ever want my clients to be incapacitated that they have to alter the way they live life because of a strength training session. That's not healthy. <laughs> I say, if you feel, and I call it like a kiss soreness on your muscles, that's okay. You know, but I don't, and it should go away within 24 hours, but we shouldn't be in that chronic state of soreness. And we also shouldn't be coming out of a workout feeling like we've not really done anything. So it's really in that happy medium and with strength training, getting those heavier weights in and consistently. Um, so it's like, if you can get in for two days, a week, two times per week in a seven day cycle, brilliant. If you can if, repeat that and build on that, that is going to build muscle. Muscle is a foundation of movement and supporting the skeletal system and allows you to stay, um, with your independence longer. Um, it just, it, it 
the metabolic, oh my gosh, the metabolic effect that it has on the body is huge. Um, it helps, dare I say, boost your metabolism. It helps your body um, process food, sleep better. Um, you know, the the uh, metabolic health for bones. It just the muscle mass is huge. Where I try to transition clients, I'm like, you can absolutely change your body, but the true health in a body is found in body composition, not in pounds and calorie caloric, you know, in and out. It's really in what is your body made of? Is your body just made of, you know, pounds that does not have a lot of muscle mass in it? You know, we want to make sure we have that strength. And again, going to the extreme, having copious amounts of muscle mass, like, think bodybuilders isn't always healthy either. We want to have a good, um, strong frame for each person. And, you know, we, we've seen the research. There's a, there is so much re research that has um, come to the fore. And most, most of that has come out in the last decade where we've looked at um, the aging process and the benefits of exercise and particularly on strength training, resistance training. Um, and we've seen that it has an impact on things like decreasing our heart rate, reducing in, for women, the number of hot flashes, um, obviously changes in your body mass index, body fat percentage, insulin-like growth factor. The one that many people don't appreciate is stress and sleep. So those are two that are very important. And again, you think if I'm doing cardio, I can get in the zone and I can kind of focus and that helps too, no doubt it helps too. But surprisingly, stress hormones can be impacted by the, the strength training that you describe. You mentioned the um, sort of the sweet spot for, for us um, starting a strength training program or continuing a program. And I think most of us would agree that we can't get to the gym seven days a week. Life gets in the way. And it doesn't matter whether you have you know, teenage children, because uh, if, if you tend to be a little bit younger in perimenopause, or if you're an empty nester, but perhaps have other care commitments like parents or grandchildren or what have you, it's just it's just difficult to get to the gym. So doing this, setting some goals two to three times a week seem really reasonable, but ideally, how long should you be working with a trainer or working on your working independently? Because once you know the skills and once you understand how to safely use resistance training as part of your repertoire, what, what are your thoughts on the, the time that you should allocate for those sessions? Yeah. So what I recommend, you know, with clients starting out, I say, you know, 12 weeks, you know, a lot can be covered in 12 weeks. Um, you know, and for some of the reasons that you mentioned, I do say, um, a lot of, and I'll just kind of speak to how I, I framework with clients. A lot of clients do start like, um, more high touch coaching where I'm, you know, there, they're asking questions. We're working out not only just form and technique and on identifying the sweet spot of, am I pushing it too hard, too little, so that they can gain that autonomy for themselves. Um, and then, 
you know, after those 12 weeks and, and I go with the flow with, you know, every person is different. Um, some clients will stay on because they just want the programming um, because it is really nice just to have you know, a program right there. I mean, I myself use a coach for that reason too. I, I know how to program for myself. I know what I'm doing, but I don't want to think about it. So, um, so with that, I always encourage clients say if, you know, and I, and I respect that they maybe don't want to work with a, a trainer forever, which that's not the goal for me is to be like, you must stay with me forever. Um, is that when they're looking for programs that they are changing, um, the weights, that the weights don't stay the same, that there is uh, what's called progressive overload, that the every around four to six weeks that the movements are building on each other and the weights are changing. That doesn't mean, and I want to be very clear on this, that like, okay, if I'm lifting five pounds this week, next week I'm lifting 10 pounds and then I'm going to be, you know, no, it's, you know, we're sticking with the same weight for four to six weeks, um, that first week, especially when clients start off is really articulating where we're at those first couple of weeks. I call them break-in weeks. We're kind of really getting that understanding, but there is a change in the stimulus to the body, the increase of weight so that the body continues to build muscle. Um, to kind of dispel this myth, um, I hear from a lot of clients, well, I don't want to get too big. Okay, you're, every person's different and you're not going to get big or bulky. There are ways to mitigate that. Um, and so that's where having a trainer kind of explain that to you and really hearing out. Um, there's ways to mitigate it with the sets and rep ranges. There's ways to mitigate it with the, um, the way the, the program is laid out. So with my clients, um, you know, there'll be two, like one heavier lift day um, that where it's not like you're one rep maxing, meaning lifting as much as possible for one time. It's we're lifting, we're feeling that heft. Then there's a little bit more of a, um, what I call it, metabolic conditioning, where it might be just body weight and we're moving um, through the motions or weights that are around like less than 25% of their body, body weight, utilizing that. And then one where it's more of an endurance where the um, reps are a little higher, fewer sets, and we're working on not overly fatiguing the muscle, but getting the muscle used to being used in that re repetitive motion. All of that helps the body in everyday life. Um, so it, it helps support with posture. Think about standing on the sidelines, or you may hear like you're at an event and you're standing all day. And the next day you're like, oh my goodness, I'm really achy in this. So by doing certain movements, we're building that postural integrity with that endurance training there. So um, so yeah, so I tell kind of educate clients on like finding programs that are going to help build with that. I don't recommend doing the, uh, finding a random program and doing one workout there and then finding another one that isn't going to help you see results or, um, build true strength. It's, I don't want to say it confuses the body, but the body likes and craves 
safety and dependability. And when we're trying to build strength, we want to have certain repetitive motions. It doesn't mean we're doing the same exercises for the 12 weeks. You know, I'm changing up the different grips, the different, you know, kneeling, standing, you know, different ways and different positioning. Um, but doing too many things at one time, the body can't adapt. So you're never going to see the results you want. So that's where consistency is key in, in that regard. So in terms of looking at different muscle groups, so breaking it up, where you're looking at different muscle groups, say different for different sessions. So assuming that you did this twice a week, just to pick twice a week, upper body once one day, lower body the next. I mean, do you recommend breaking this up? How do you typically structure that with your clients? Um, this is where the gray area comes in. Some clients, um, most clients to, to be general, I do total body and then with what's called accessory lifts where we are going into maybe, um, focusing more on upper body one day, a little bit more. And then in the second lifting session, focusing more on lower body. Um, the reason why for, for me, and especially with women is for aforementioned reasons, life gets lifey and you may have your calendar blocked out for two sessions, but life happens and you don't get that second session. So the next, I'm going to just use a Monday, Wednesday split the next Monday. Now you're back on upper body and then life tends to happen always on Wednesday. So we're missing that lower body. So that's where I put uh, full body exercises in and complemented with um, the what's called accessory lifts to back up um, and just uh, give a little bit more TLC to, um, you know, upper body um, core or whatnot, the smaller muscle groups in that, that respect. Um, so that's why I'm kind of more of a big proponent of not breaking down to upper body, lower body days but doing more of a full body um, focus as the primary lifts of the day and then the accessory lifts. Um, and then with clients, uh, because even if you have your calendar blocked out, you may not have the energy or things come up on that day. Um, I have it timing options so that clients get that primary uh, focus of the lift and they're still going to get a really great lift in what the body needs, regardless of doing the full workout. And in terms of the length of time for each of your sessions, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour, what do you, what do you typically recommend for individuals who are starting out? Starting out, there's a couple ways I recommend, and it goes, it's, um, can be schedule specific. So if, and I'll speak to kind of seasons of life. So if you're in that, you've got kids that could be in um, elementary school to preschool moving up their ranks. Sometimes I will have them do kind of like a split workout, 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon, because finding that 30 minutes can be really, really hard. And I always try to say, if you can anchor a workout on the weekend where Things aren't as crazy and you may have an extra set of hands on, on for, to help do that because then you can get that time. Um, when you're 
going through perimenopause and dealing with a lot of symptoms and fatigue can be a prevailing one despite getting a quality eight hours of sleep, doing all the things, fatigue can still arise. Um, that again, doing that 15 minute breakdown or even 20 minute with what I, I try to have clients do a main, uh, maintain at is, you know, a good 30 to 40 minutes is awesome. A good quality, high focus, 30 minute session um, is going to get you some great results. Um, during the week, 30 minutes tends to be the minimal amount of time. I try and say allocate 40 minutes um, because I like my clients sometimes to come into the movement practice and just have two or three minutes of just nothing um, because you're rushing around all day and you need to clear your head space. Um, I myself am guilty of that too, where you're like, okay, I can just rush into a workout and your brain is still on whatever, you know, you were doing before and all the to do's. And so just giving yourself that like two to three minute transition time into the workout and then a few minutes transitioning out of the workout really helps you focus, like show up and be present in it. And it increases the quality of that workout. Um, but I also like to recommend if you can get one longer session on the weekends, just and it doesn't have to be anything more than an hour, like that more 45 minute range is kind of nice. I have a lot of my clients will be like my higher focused one is on Saturday or Sunday because they have extra help. Um, you're not trying to rush out the house in the morning. Um, it's just a little calmer and they enjoy that part as part of their weekend routine. And if you're, if you're doing this on your own and you've had the benefit of working with a coach um, and, and clearly you can work with a coach virtually, and we'll talk about that at the, uh, at the end of uh, our podcast. Um, but if you're working with a coach, you can do that virtually if you really feel insecure about um, what you may be doing on your own. Uh, so you can, you can set up a session, a virtual session. But you'll learn a lot by working with a coach. And so you can, those takeaways are really important. So we, I guess we shouldn't be so apprehensive um, if we have the benefit of studying with someone with your type of credentials and doing some of these things on our own on the weekends. And for those of us that are working full time or have other types of commitments with family members or friends and what have you, I think you pointed out that if you miss one, it's not a disaster. There are ways to regain that. The key is to try to find some consistency. And that's what I'm hearing is to try to find some consistency. Twice a week's good. Three times is better, but we don't have to do it seven days a week. And if we want to add some sessions independently, that's a good thing to do as well. What, what we do learn, what we have learned from the research is that if we're not doing strength and resistance training, that we are probably doing our bodies a disservice for all the reasons that we mentioned. And it really comes down to longevity. So how to extend, right? How to, ex how, how to extend our longevity, but also with quality of life, because let's face it, if you cannot move, um, if you are um, incapacitated because you can't open, you know, a bottle or bend down, or can't get up because you've fallen. We, we've all seen that commercial where sadly the person has fallen and is incapable get, of getting up. And, you know, it's, 
it is a serious problem. Falls and, and falls particularly for women are quite dangerous because if you're a woman and you have osteoporosis, um, a fractured hip or a femur can be pretty devastating. And so we really want to protect our bodies by, by engaging in movement. And movement doesn't mean that you're running the marathon. It doesn't mean that you're a triathlete. Movement means doing what, what you're suggesting. But you might want to do some cardio. Is that, I mean, do you, do you advocate doing, combining some cardio with strength training? I'm assuming you don't want to totally avoid that cardio. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So that's one of the things that um, I, I take into account. I want to see, you know, to me, it's like, you know, if you're only focusing on strength training, it's only one small piece of the puzzle. Um, and, you know, that doesn't mean we have to start off doing it all. You know, that's one of the things that I strongly encourage with clients is like, we can overwhelm ourselves that like, oh, wait, I'm not getting X number amount of sleep or drinking this much fluid, da, 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 da. you know, you can really overwhelm yourself. So it's like starting with what's easiest. But for me, with a programming perspective, I program it all. So if a client's like, I really enjoy a yoga or a Pilates, I have a, you know, spin bike or a treadmill, whatever the case may be. Like, I want to know how they enjoy moving their body outside of strength training, because that all fits in and it all complements each other. Um, so I will make recommendations like, okay, brilliant. You enjoy walking. Well, one of those walks, we're going to walk with purpose. And I want you to find hills. And because that, the, the thing with cardio, cardio capacity is brilliant. It helps exercise our lungs. It is a de-stressor. Um, I really, I'm a massive runner and I love walking. Um, so, you know, it, it's, but what we want to make sure we do is not stay at that steady state. Um, it doesn't mean that when we get out there, we need to be like heart rate up super high, but we want to have those variabilities in that heart rate. And if, you know, yes, the, one of the ways we can do that is with intervals that does not mean running. And that's where, like I mentioned, a hill, walk up a hill, your heart rate's going to spike, you know, so finding a hilly path versus just only walking on a flat path, um, hills and walking with hills are going to build some some minimal strength. It's going to help that. It's also going to help with, you know, you walk up a hill, you're forced to walk in a better position, body, better body position. Um, so, um, you know, I'm also a big proponent of having more tools in the toolbox. If you enjoy swimming, we'll program that in. Um, the more, you know, not to contradict what I said before, but the more variability um, and cross training with the body, especially with that cardio piece is going to help the body um, and the lungs, the respiration to be better. Um, we want that lung capacity to expand. We want to get into that breathing. Um, over time, our lung capacity decreases because of immobility. And you know, oxygen is our lifeline, right? And if our lung capacity is decreasing and we're not exercising those lungs, well, we're not fueling our body with good oxygen. We're not getting the good um, um, circulation, all of those things. So yes, that's 
we want that to stay there. It, it hinders our cognitive ability. It hinders how our, our bodies feel if we're not able to have good breath or have that cardio component. So I tend to recommend on certain days opposing um, strength training days. And again, before it's like, oh no, now I have to work out seven days a week. I don't have time. Again, it's looking at your schedule. And then this is where I love, and I, I credit it to um, the years in, in programming for, for athletes and seeing the big picture and seeing where they want to go. And then, you know, I'm a, a big pro principle of, of program planning of only what you need. You know, hours of cardio is not what you need unless you are training for a marathon or a half marathon or um, anything longer than a, you know, a marathon, an ultra marathon. That's when you need to dip into longer times because you need that stress on the body to be able to have that cardio output. But for anyone who wants to have movement in their life, they don't need hours. Um, you know, they need, you know, I, I argue, I, I like one day again, and this is where that kind of cardio component or um, longer session on the weekend is a good 20 to 30 minute session. And we build up to that. Um, some, some of my clients are like, you know what, I really enjoy having that 40 minute cardio movement because I can just decompress. They're outside, they're getting the nature in, they're getting a lot of that stress reduction. And so we program it in backed with mobility. Um, and so it's like they're mobilizing the joints, working on um, that stabilization, coordination, flexibility that is quickly lost. We don't realize how quickly it gets lost. And for me, I always try to say this stuff happens not when we turn 40, but it's been slowly happening around age 18 each year. So we start to really notice it when we get to like our 40s and it like up that it's like, what is happening? <laughs> um, but yeah, cardio is, is huge. And I like programming it in. And that's where it's not just strength training. It's I look at everything and help you utilize and maximize the way you want to move your body so that you can feel empowered and not hindered that you're not living life on the sidelines. You're in there in the action for forever. You know, there are ways to find um, a few minutes. So we, we often think that we, you know, have to jump on the treadmill or go out and hit the roads first thing in the morning and, you know, do that long, do a run, even if for a walk and, being very pragmatic, what what I try to do personally, and it does work for me, it may not work for everyone else, but what I try to do is if I can't get a, a treadmill run or a walk in, in the morning, I make a point of taking 15 minutes. And I, because I work, I do a 15 minute walk at a brisk pace around the parking lot of my office building. Believe it or not, it's a great stress reducer because you get out, you breathe some fresh air. If the sun is shining, it hasn't been shining much in Pennsylvania these days. Uh, it does during the week, but not on the weekends. But even if it's not, um, walking in the rain is still feels good because you're out, you're walking. Get the 15 minutes in or 20 minutes in if you can afford it. But we don't have to run. I guess the point is getting your cardio in doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make a treadmill commitment or you know get on the road or get on the bike. There are ways that we can do that. By the way, dancing is also a great way 
Um, if you uh, if you have kids at home, young kids, dance party is good. Um, it often works really well while you're preparing dinner because they don't bother you. Um, if you have um, if you have a partner, um, get the get the music on and get a little jiggy with your partner. That's cardio too. Or if you have the luxury of taking a dance class. There's a there's a study that was recently published talking about the benefits of dance. Again, similar to what you might imagine. So we started off by talking about exercise as the elixir of health and longevity. And it truly is. It, there are so many benefits for anyone that's listening and that may have some health challenges. I know Kat um, does a great survey. So she does a great intake, intake form. And I, I know this because I'm one of her clients. Uh, but the intake form is very careful about um, describing that if you do have certain challenges, you may want to speak with your healthcare practitioner, particularly if you are embarking on an exercise program for the first time, or perhaps if you have recently faced a, a challenge um, that may impact your overall ability to do certain exercises. So it's always a good idea um, to do that investigation if you're just starting out. Um, and if you have certain issues that you are dealing with, that doesn't mean you can't exercise. Cat and professionals like her can make adjustments for you. So there are lots of ways that we can still engage in strength training in different types of physical activity, even with certain health challenges. So it's not hopeless and you're certainly not helpless. You, there, is, there are lots of different things that, that we can work on. And although we unfortunately need to um, say so long in this podcast, we'll be having additional ways in which you can learn more about health and fitness and exercise. Uh, but I wanted to have Kat share with you how you can reach her. Um, Kat, would you share your website with us and tell us a little bit about how women can engage with you? Sure, absolutely. So my website is found at um, www.cat.fit. Um, on there, you can, there's a um, contact form. You can reach out to me there. Um, my email, I believe, is on my website that I actually don't re remember. <laughs> but um, if you fill out a contact form there, you can definitely get in touch with me. You can see um, the programs that I offer um, in different ways that I work with clients. Um, yeah, so it's, it's all up there. If not, fill out a contact form and I get back to um, everyone within like 24 hours, unless it's the weekend, you won't hear from me until Monday. So but you can reach Kat um, if you're interested in working with her. There are lots of different ways to engage with her, um, get back um, into the swing of things, or if you're already involved in doing some working out, but you'd like a professional coach, she is your go-to woman. As she stated previously, she is working uh, almost exclusively with women because she has some unique expertise in women, women's wellness. So I would strongly recommend that uh, that you do touch base with Kat. And this will not be the last time you will see uh, Kat on the Love Mia Vita podcast. We hope to invite you back to be our guest um, in the future and, and share your wisdom with lots of our listeners and viewers. But for now, we want to thank you, Kat Bright, who is an expert in fitness and health. And we want you, our listeners and viewers, to remember to love Mia Vita 
This is Jerry DiPiano signing off. And again, Cat Bright, it was a pleasure. Take care and be well.